0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: On this episode of Damsels in the DMs. Empower yourself by writing your own things, producing it and doing it. You know, that's the only way you learn it. And that's the only way that you can continue to create those opportunities for other people. You know, so for me, it's important. Um, I, you know, I'm very committed to staying with the writing. And I'm also very committed to eventually, you know, become a director of photography and a director and all of those things, you know, I've done the production side, but I mean, I want to grow too. And I, and I, you know, I, my intention is to, you know, do that. And that's why I started my own film company now too. It's called Monarcha Pictures. Wow. So that's another that's a my a whole new venture that's less than 2 months old but i'm very uh, committed to making that grow and and offering opportunities to like i said the underrepresented communities in hollywood that they're not writing for us you know so we need to create those spaces for us and all of those works we have to do it
0: There's some damsels in the DMs. you? In it, oh, please tell us what's the vibe. DMs, of DMs. DMs <laughs> yeah, we see them. Yeah, we read them. DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. yeah.
2: It's going down in the DMs.
0: Bye. Doop, 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 doop. <laughs> I don't know, I, I just, that was the first thing that came to mind, and I just feel like it's the perfect way to segue out of the intro track that we have.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode <laughs> of Damsels and the DNS. I'm Osh.
0: And I'm <laughs>
2: And you just never fail to give us some entertaining pieces of music and poetry <laughs> in the beginning I
0: love it. well yes poetry of life poet songs of the universe here with us today i'm so excited to get into conversation with lupe Montilla, the interdisciplinary and visionary artist writer director music just the overall powerhouse
2: curator oh just everything. Purdue has her own production company, just everything. I've never met someone who literally is involved in every aspect of the entertainment industry and gives like a hundred percent to each facet of it, which is just incredible. Not only that, she's a single mom. Right. And so involved in her kid's life too. It's not like, you know, you, you know, like, they got they'll take care of themselves she's so involved in her kids life too and that this conversation is just like wow
0: amazing and like so motivating too you know like it's it's one thing to like hear about a person's journey but then it's another to kind of identify certain points that have been significant for them that also resonate with our own experience whether the experience may be exactly similar or like you know somewhat different the fact that we can all kind of like learn from the tools that have been implemented or, or, you know, healthy parts of the journey that we can put into practice. It's so cool. It's so motivating. It's, it's, I'm really excited for this episode. This is going to be dope.
2: Let's get into it.
0: Let's do it. Oh my goodness. Today is amazing. Lupe Montiel. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you.
1: Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it.
0: How how are you? How was your week? What is what is the month? I'm like for pretty
1: slammed right now. Like I'm extremely busy. I have a lot of things happening. Uh, with multiple projects that I'm juggling, and actually, so the first thing is, let me look at my calendar. That's one thing I don't do anymore. I don't agree to anything without looking at a calendar because it's getting kind of wild especially with like a lot of of schools and different places, kind of, they want to go on vacation for the summertime. So they really fill up their calendars around April, May and, and parts of June, because many facilities shut down because of, you know, graduations and things like that, and people leaving town and going to summer homes and things like that. So Everything kind of gets really slammed in April, May, and June. And so right now, I'm actually casting for a play that I'm directing. It's uh, it's not a full play. It's just some scenes, but it's a very important material. It's for um, a book called Always Running, which is turning 30 years old in May, May the 28th. And it's written by the former poet Lord of Los Angeles, Luis Rodriguez. And he's a very important person in our community. Um, he's an activist. He's a writer. He's a poet. He's been honored many times. And so come in right after the Frida Kahlo uh, theater experience um, with the play that I wrote, and that's where Alejandro and I met. So uh, after that, um, I was approached by the Los Angeles Poets Society and Luis Rodriguez to Um, help out with the with those scenes. And so I've been asked to direct those scenes. And uh, we're just gearing up to um, prepare that. and, And it's pretty busy, you know, a lot of actors do a lot of different work all over town and just when you think uh you have one secured for your production it's not going to happen and so we're playing a lot of little musical chairs but um but we should be getting started pretty soon and um it's not a it's it's not a it's not something that's going to run for weeks and weeks it's literally a one-time thing unless there's an amazing uh response and demand from the public uh but for right now it's just for one night may 18th yeah Right,
0: may 18th that's exciting yeah. uh-huh. where did you
1: say um it's happening at the mkm um hearts uh theater in north hollywood
2: so lupe for our listeners can you mm-hmm. tell us about yourself your background where you're from and just everything about your interdisciplinary career?
1: Okay (laughs) it's a bit extensive and you know being Latina and being a mom and being a a very active person in the arts it's not been a linear path it's just been kind of like kind of juggling projects as they come. My children have a lot to do with my involvement in the arts. Uh, Actually my my start I got as a Uh, a representative for multiple music labels. I worked in the 90s. um, In my early 20s, I worked as a label representative for many different uh, music labels and wore different hats and everything from marketing to promotions to radio promotions to tour marketing to I've done a little bit of everything. Publicity, college radio, you name it, I've done it. So I can run a label too if I really wanted to, but I don't want yes. to <laughs> so Hell yeah um yeah i don't want to but i mean sometimes i in in a um i'm still kind of working with the music people only because i also do film and it helps to have access to musical artists especially if you need material and music for your production so i haven't said fully goodbye to the music industry we still intermingle with projects and things that we do so it's a helpful um, connection to have definitely and it all started there it started in the music industry so I did that for about 10 years and that's where I met uh, my now ex-husband he actually was a part of he was the the front man he was the lead singer in in a a rock and espanol group in Los Angeles and uh, at the time he was playing shows all over Hollywood and I had a lot of friends who were local artists as well, and some boyfriends here and there, you know. Um, But eventually, you know, I settled down with him, and uh, he and I uh, decided to leave the music industry. And so uh, in the late 90s, early aughts, around 2000, he asked me to marry him. And so we decided to start a family. And, you know, it's a little complicated when you're in the music industry. You know, there's a lot of of uh, networking and a lot of, of commitments and events that you have after hours. And it's just not really very convenient for the children. And I really wanted to be very committed to my family and to their upbringing. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to take a hiatus. I think it's going to be a hiatus. And uh, so it was a 20 something year hiatus. Um, and I did absolutely nothing um, creative for that much time. And uh, so when my daughter um, in high school started to get involved with film, I was a little bit, you know, not I was very concerned, in fact, because of the whole Weinstein thing and everything that has happened with the film industry. And I just was not comfortable with allowing her to pursue that type of career um, without supervision. You know, I just really wanted to be not a momager, but it definitely involved in or being very you know alert to whatever it was that she was going to be doing so there was an organization that invited her to write and produce her own films and they were all teenagers you know and uh, and so it was a summer program and she did that in glendale for like three weeks and at the end of the three weeks she was actually a filmmaker she actually produced a film and uh and it ended in a um in a film festival so that was like kind of like the graduation it's the film festival so it goes from the page to production to the film festival and that's where the it culminates so she got invited to do a. uh, uh to participate in a different program. And this program also was looking for parent volunteers. And I became very involved on the film aspect of it. And I met people like Sofia Barba because of it too, and other directors and other people at Marvel and many big organizations and in the film industry. And they've been very uh, supportive of our program. And so I became a founding member of this nonprofit. And my daughter is also a founding member and she created her another film there, um, uh, which is called the sound of justice. And it's, uh, it was the pilot program. She was one of the three, uh, young women who launched the organization. And, um, so uh, you know, I've been, a have been a very strong supporter of the organization and I've been, uh, also, um, you know, in the fundraising efforts, in the marketing efforts, pretty much in the efforts of the growth of the organization, I've been very solid a supporter behind it. So it's been a great experience. I'm still there. We're having a huge event in May in the Hollywood Hills. Um, so the work continues. And my mission is to increase the number of women in the film industry and especially Latina women and the BIPOP bi- pop community. And, um, you know, it's we we promote our program for girls and non-binary youth um, who want to participate in the film industry. So uh, we're very supportive of all of the underrepresented people in that want to be in the film industry. Mm
0: -hmm. you just came out of an event just recently right where it was at a gallery there were there was like a curation of art
1: and artists oh the osco event yes 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 oh oh yeah that is uh oh well those are i'm just a uh, enthusiastic supporter of the work by uh patsy valdez and Mm -hmm. gronk and Harry Gamboa and uh, Willie, Willie Harron. They're all um, part of a collective group of artists that uh, created amazing work in the 70s and 80s. Uh, and it was all very, it was, it's, they're very strong activists through their art. And uh, there is a film that's being created right now. Uh, it's a documentary film, um, it's, it was shot by Travis Gutierrez. And he is working, he's the director, but the executive producers are Diego Luna and uh, and Gael Garcia Bernal, who are, you know, you know, they're legends in Mexico, they're legends internationally now, but they started in in Mexico with um, film. So um, I know these artists because I'm also now a curator. I'm curating art for different events. And that's a big passion of mine. That was a passion that I've had my whole life. I've always loved art, but I, I really, I think my, uh, passion is very similar to Cheech Marin's passion because ultimately that's what I want to do. I want to kind of intermingle all of the things that I do with film and, uh, be able to, uh, build up a strong platform to continue to to promote artists, up-and-coming artists. Um, that's why I was so committed to attending the ASPO event, because the new generation of artists, of Vanguard artists, I'm mean, not just artists, but artists who are um in- incredible out-of-the-box thinkers presented their work, um, singers, performance artists, um, artists who have actually presented their work at Art Basil, Miami. Uh so there's a lot of beautiful things that you've never seen. Like for me, it's very visually stimulating. And I, I really love to see vanguard art, like art that n- no one else is doing that is just uh, just out there. And that's what I, I witnessed. And so I, um, I'm i very happy to um, talk to a lot of people about these new artists that are coming up. Rafa Esparza, um, Dorian Wood. Um, there's a lot of really amazing. Um, Sancha, Sancha was out there singing so there's a lot of uh the new generation of of artivistas and and they're they're activists through their art um yeah i'm very i'm very committed to um promoting their work wherever i can on on whatever platform that i'm working on yeah
2: that's Definitely. really awesome like you are doing so much work <laughs> In this industry, how do you balance everything out? And also being a mom, right? Like being a mom is a full-time job. So how do you balance all of your projects and all of the facets? Yeah, how do you do that?
1: I'm not just a mom, I'm a single mom. So it's even more difficult. It takes a village and really does. And to do it effectively, you really have to be appreciative of the people around you that can help you, you know? And luckily, I still have my parents. And my parents are very uh, supportive of my children in every way you can think of, and they're they're my parents only have three grandchildren, <laughs> so uh, when they love to be involved, and when they can, they they're if I'm in a meeting or I have to run somewhere or there's things going on. They are able to help me with the transportation and, you know, um, getting them from point A to point B or wherever they have to be. It doesn't happen often. I'm still a very, even though I'm very busy and very and I'm single and I and I uh, have all these things that I do. I'm still very hands on. For example, tomorrow I'm teaching an art, an art lesson on making alibiris his in my my son's classroom so I also I am also a docent I teach art I used to teach it at my daughter's school I did that for almost like six years almost six years yeah and uh, and in fact, that's how I met the founder of Girls in Focus. We met at, in Manhattan Beach at my daughter's school while we were docents for uh, the her school. We were teaching a lesson, an art lesson, and I was on the executive board of that film organiz- of that um, art organization. And uh, we got to talking, and that's how we met, and that's how. We all ended up becoming involved again in film. So my children brought me back to the arts. They keep me young. They keep me relevant. They keep me on my feet. They keep me, you know, like I have to know what's going on at all times because you have to keep your ear to the ground, especially in the arts. You need, you need to know who's doing what, what is happening, what is the youth like. You, you need to know these things. Yeah it's just a cool lot of work. <laughs>
0: it sounds like they are definitely able to keep you on your toes and that's I, mean, yeah. I hear the value of uh why that is necessary because like mm-hmm. to have your finger on the pulse of everything going on I mean there's so much happening so of course you have to like figure out yeah. ways to like stay updated as much as possible that's cool
1: yeah my daughter just came back from Coachella and uh you know, she told me everything that happened there. And we were just kind of watching the streams and everything. I have no interest in going to festivals anymore. I used to do that a long time ago. But but she came back after the three-day event and she was looking tired. Oh, no. <laughs> so, you know, Um <laughs> It's uh, one of those things. That, but I like to hear about it. And I love Rosalía and I love Bad Bunny and I love the whole Latino movement in the music industry that's really growing. So we started that. We did and back in the 90s when when I was promoting Latin artists for Polygram Latino. And um, that was my mission. Like, I really wanted to see that happen. And it did finally now after 15 years it finally has become a, something a little more mainstream but back when I was doing it it was still considered part of the alternative scene and part of like an up-and-coming scene and so I actually worked with um, artists from Monterrey Mexico um, the ones that I really like I mean I really was very involved in the start of their career uh, they're, they're their their rappers the name is Control Machete so it's a, a trio from Mexico that had never played or done anything in the United States and I had them booked for a promotional tour uh, and they played at the Roxy. And back then they weren't booking any Latino artists there. And then after that, um, they started booking more Latino artists. And in fact, uh, because uh, the House of Blues used to be just up the street, uh, they started to take on a lot more of the promotional, you know, booking of Latino artists. And they really, it really took off with them, with a promoter, uh, a friend of mine named John Pantle. He really pushed that for that whole scene to grow. And uh, yeah, so it was really interesting and really a proud moment to see them grow. And now to hear my daughter, like, you know, this is just normal to them now, but they don't know what it took to get there. They don't know, you know, it took us a long time to, to really get these artists, you know, like more acceptable to the mainstream. And so it's really, you know, I really love that, that my children will definitely, uh, they're going to see that all the time now, you know, that's, it's the norm, you know, their culture is the norm, you know, so. Yeah.
0: And that's so important. And I, I love that you're describing full circle moments, you know, <laughs> the fact that you were making headway back in the nineties in what's currently taking place or slowly evolving and continuing to gain momentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also curious though, what are some ways that you've surprised yourself or maybe like the work that you've done surprised you about either what you can handle or how you handle something like, yeah. What what are some surprises that you've had along the way?
1: Quite honestly, the most recent surprise was theater. I had no intention. I, I'm, I'm, I'm an accidental artist. I was not trying to become an actor. I really, this was like a secondary effect from writing because my whole goal was to become a script writer. I wanted to write films and I've done that and I'm going to continue to do that. But this just happened because when you go to film festivals, you meet a lot of different Mm -hmm. uh, people that are doing different projects and, you know, you get to talking and they want to know what you're doing and you want to know what they're doing. And everybody kind of communicates at film festivals. And I met a lot of directors and writers and actors. And I actually was I've gotten cast at film festivals, believe it or not. I've gotten roles that were offered to me at film festivals, which is a very like unusual thing, but I'm very grateful for that. Um, it's a very, you, I don't even have proper headshots, to be honest. I've never that's gone to magic a magic
0: that you got. I, that's
1: so I, I mean, I, I'm very grateful. I know that a lot of people really, you know, I work really hard for that. And I, I want to do the, the same thing. I want to do it the right way. I have intentions, you know, of doing all of that, but It because of the work I've just you know I've been very fortunate that they've trusted me with their work and um, have allowed me to portray roles that they feel are important to their project and um, it's been I'm like I I joke about it I say uh I'm like uh, the new Brady Bunch 2.0 I'm a single mom and I can have a grid with like 12 Mm -hmm. kids that are my real kids and my on-screen kids because I have like I'm always playing the mom. <laughs> I'm even playing MILFS.
0: <laughs>
1: uh-huh. So, anyways, that's a whole other story. But um yeah, it's been interesting. Um, but uh yeah, it's it's I was not trying to do the acting. It, it just kind of fell on my lap and I and I've loved it. I've actually, like I was saying, the theater, um Oh I was definitely af- afraid of theater because I never understood it and I didn't do it out of fear. And then when I became a playwright with um, Casa o 101 and the play group Tigana Cholas and Chisme, that's where I wrote my play, the first play, which eventually I I mean produced and acted in, which I wasn't trying to act in my play either. I just couldn't find anyone to fill that role. I couldn't like the person, it just didn't feel none of the people that I talked to felt like they could really do it right. And, and I thought to myself, you know, you know, I wrote the material, I know it, I may as well just be in it, you know, so I took that dive, and I I went for it. And that's how I ended up in my own play. Um, you gotta yeah. I love
0: that. I love that. Because it is so important that we create our own Opportunities, because it's
1: very empowering. Yeah,
0: empowering, so empowering. It's very
1: empowering, and I think it's very important because Hollywood isn't writing things for us, and we have to take those matters into our own hands. And Mm -hmm. if we really want to develop as, uh, as, as, as uh, artists, as writers, as actors, directors, producers, all of that, we have to understand every angle of the work in order to grow, in order to perfect your art form, in order to develop. I think it's very important to, uh, you know, empower yourself by writing your own things, producing it and doing it. You know, that's the only way you learn it. And that's the only way that you can continue to create those opportunities for other people. You know, so for me, it's important. Um, I, you know, I'm very, Committed to staying with the writing. And I'm also very committed to eventually, you know, become a director of photography and a director and all of those things. You know, I've done the production side, but I mean, I want to grow too. And I, and I, you know, I, my intention is to, you know, do that. And that's why I started my own film company now too. It's called Monarcha Pictures. Wow. So that's another, that's a, my, a whole new venture that's less than two months old, but I'm very, um, I'm I'm very uh, committed to making that grow and and offering opportunities to like I said the underrepresented communities in Hollywood that they're not writing for us you know so we need to create those spaces for us and all of those works we have to do it.
2: Mhm. True that's that's really true and that's really impressive that like I if I could have half your energy and motivation and dedication my goodness mm-hmm. So much would be different in my life, but here we are. <laughs> it is
0: interesting too. Cause like yeah. you, you've talked so much about, you know, the expansiveness in which you've had to operate. And I love mm-hmm. that you're still a living Testament of the value of doing anything and everything possible in mm-hmm. order to like keep growing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But you, the one instance where you mentioned fear was mm-hmm. getting on stage. What about theater or performing in front of a live audience was inducing fear for you?
1: I didn't understand it. I just really never paid attention in high school. Like I knew people that were really involved. I think I found a lot of those kids really annoying. So I really, (laughs) the thespians were really annoying to me. I just thought, oh my God, these kids are just addicted with wanting all the attention in the world. They're so annoying. I don't want to be around these people, right? So it was kind of (laughs) repelling to me. And so I was like thinking, I think, Back in those days I, or thinking back to those days, I must, I must've been like, you know, I don't want to be them. <laughs> uh, so. so I probably somehow in the back of my mind felt like I didn't want to be involved because I didn't want to be like them. But then when I understood a lot of things, a lot of, of. Uh, the way that you prepare for your work to be in front of the, of the audience. And now I, I, I didn't respect it because I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. And then once I became a playwright and I saw them, I I am so blessed. I, the, the same people that did the table reads for my work were actually the same actors that I was able to cast in my play. Mm -hmm. And they were with me from the start. They are the fiercest, most loyal actors I think that I could have ever found. They've been with me through two table reads that took over the period of almost almost two years. And, and once the play was accepted at the Frida Kahlo Theater, I couldn't think of offering the the parts to anyone else because they knew the material and they'd been with me and and they stuck with me. And they were so amazing and they were so they're so prepared and so professional and so committed to the craft that they taught me how to respect that work. And so once I was able to see and learn from them. I was able to feel confident that perhaps this is something I might be able to do. And uh, and that was because of, the, be, I think also in addition to the confidence, I got that because I've done film, because I've been in films also. I've been, I've played a mom in films and I've read in front of ca- a camera. I mean, I've done front. I, it's not, it has not all been behind the scenes work I've done, you know, I've been you know, I'm, I've been a real actor <laughs> in films. So um, so that gave me the confidence to pursue, uh, you know, the possibility of, yeah, maybe I should read that part that I haven't been able to cast in my play. And I just went for it. I went for it and I watched and learned and it was trial by fire and we did it. And it was an amazing experience. Like I've never, I've never been, I, through anything like that. It was a first-time thing and it was a beautiful thing. I'll never forget that.
0: I love it. And it's so beautiful and unforgettable
1: mm-hmm. to see
0: you on stage doing your thing shining. Because <laughs> oh my goodness, what a spectacular <gasps> um, light you possess inside and out. And oh my it's just oh, you play the mom in the in the story that I was able to see in part two of the Frida Kahlo 10 Minute Theater mm-hmm. Festival. And yeah, like i said there's just something so like your voice your your presence the movements you know just how you convey the character was really really majestic and very specific to the story and mm-hmm. like really relatable and in a in a very theatrical but intimate sort of way it was really cool
1: I think I really like that about the story. Um, I like writing stories that have contemporary themes. Mm -hmm. I know there's some people that like to like, you know, they like to write things about their ancestors and things in the past. I like that too, but I like to have fresh and new stories. I want, I want people to, to see things they can relate to um, right now that are happening right now. Um, And for me, that the theme of my play is about the microaggressions that many of us have faced when you're the minority in a, in certain places, and um, there's things that people that that are doing this to us maybe never understood or never heard. Mm. And for me, it was a healing moment because some of those things really happened to my daughter and I when she attended an all-white Catholic school. I, I never I never badmouthed anything anyone. I just wanted to point out that there were some things that we lived through that uh, we needed to uh talk about and Mm -hmm. uh for me that the writing uh a a play about that experience was very important and it was a a healing moment for me because uh it we lived it we lived it and and you don't forget you don't ever forget how they make you feel
0: no the catharsis is so important especially (laughs) when healing from either traumatic or intense experiences yeah every day is a new journey so I'm super curious you know what sort of healthy habits or routines or rituals do you uh put into practice to kind of keep that momentum up
1: well I don't overeat so I'm very cautious of what I put into my body I drink a lot of green tea I also um well I try to sleep but because I'm nervous right now I'm not sleeping that much but I have to get some sleep there's just, um, I mean, I think one of the things that helps me the most to get me centered is prayer. Uh, I, that's one of the things I am. I'm very religious, actually. Believe it or not, <laughs> I am. Yeah. I'm very faithful. I'm, I'm very Christian, and I'm very faithful. And uh, and the meditations and the prayers they help me and they keep me centered. And uh, yeah, I am. I'm very Christian. And also, uh, I was right. I write music and I write poetry and i have a re- i go through right now i i i put a little bit of a stop to it but we're going to pick it up probably in the next month or so i write with an artist uh who's in a, a grammy award winning uh, or grammy nominated artist her name is amalia mondragon she was the lead singer from a group uh from el paso texas they're called las chamanas and um she's an amazing uh singer and a, and a and a writer and a guitarist and yeah she's going through some things right now but i um I've been writing with her for almost two years. So I have a large body of, of, of work that I've written with her. I mean, hopefully eventually I can put a a band together and, and we'll sing some things or record something. Um, But yeah, that's also in the work I love because of my love with music. I, 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 I've been creative with it too. So um, so eventually we might produce something or I might, you know, I might be able to have other artists do the interpretations, yeah, to sing them, to sing my my yes.
0: lyrics. Oh my yeah. god, Whoa. that would be a, like a beautiful experience of a of a staging or like a mini concert of mm-hmm. work that you've written. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I've written, like I said, I'm really, um, really happy that I I was able to uh, form this really amazing collaboration and friendship with Amalia because. Uh, she's she's also a very talented artist Um, she's producing her own work right now she's recording her she's in the studio recording uh, an album and I can't wait to see that uh, and hear that and uh, but eventually we also have that plan of producing our work that we've been working on for for a couple years now
2: so that should be fun awesome Mm -hmm. I'm curious so out of all the things that you do do you have like one thing that's you're like you more that brings you more joy than the others or do you love everything equally
1: i do love everything equally because i i don't know what it is about the way my mind works but i can always see that one thing can work with the other and that Hell there's yeah. way to intermingle all of the things that i'm doing creatively um with like i said with the music some of that can end up on the soundtrack of a film right you know with my paintings which I'm painting also um those can end up on film sets um you know there's so much uh possibility and so much that you can do with all of the different um art forms that you explore you can always you know make them work and make them uh, happen like you know like I'm saying what else um Oh, with girls in focus, you know I love that we're gonna actually be going into the the historic CBS uh, lot in Burbank, and they're now called Radford Studios, and that's it's the very first time that our our students are gonna be able to film their films uh, in person because mm-hmm. the other you know through we started in the during the pandemic in 2020, and. Uh, And so we always did everything via Zoom. So we were able to share files and collaborate that way. And the films that have been produced at Girls in Focus are all, they've all been created over the internet. Like the girls have just managed to record things and share and edit and and amazing. They've done amazing work, but this is the first time they'll be there hands-on, like, you know, working the lights, working the sound, working the cameras, like really hands-on. They'll be able to write their work, produce it and edit it. So it'll be, you know, it's going to be the full filmmaker experience. So it's going to be a lot of fun fun to watch and fun to assist them. I love to assist them. I, um, there was, we, I actually brought some filmmakers, some young girls from Mexico who are filmmakers, uh, to join our program. And now they're very active on our youth advisory board. And, uh, and some of them hopefully, you know, God willing, El Consulado Mexicano might be able to help me bring them to the United States to oh. actually um, and um, have that full experience. I'm definitely trying to work for with the Mexican government to bring them over and um, and have them have that amazing Hollywood experience of having created their films here in the United States. So that's that's a huge um, and a huge project that I would love to see come to fruition but there, one of them. Her name is Julie Rosales. She she wrote a film called Broken, and she wrote it about the broken immigration system in the United States. So she had a lot to say. Um, her her uncle left Mexico as a youth, and they never saw him again. So you know they did eventually uh, locate his remains. He was found. He he didn't make it, and so. We, she interviewed her whole family, and then she was able to interview us as immigrants and to talk about our experience as immigrants and, you know, all of the things that we've lived through here. So it wasn't it's an amazing and very, um, it's a very emotional film. So I was able to secure work, um, some music from Quetzal, who is a Grammy Award winning uh, band from East L.A., It's they're an amazing band. And also La Santa Cecilia. They also gave me music. Um, They're also a Grammy award winning artists and uh, Las Cafeteras. And they're uh, they're eventually, I'm sure, going to win a Grammy. But they're all an amazing group of artists that were very supportive of our work. And they gave us music for our films. So I love to be able to, you know, help the girls uh, get, you know, these things that will uh, enhance their work.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I have a question for mm-hmm. Control Machete. Did they have a song that was like "See, si Senor"? Da, 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 da. Uh, that was that was them. That
1: was them. That's okay, them.
0: Dope. Dope, yeah. dope, 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 dope. I meant to ask earlier, but then I was like, nah, let me not interrupt. But now that In fact,
1: that one of my proudest moments was seeing that song for at a, in a Levi's commercial. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it aired during the Super Bowl in the early 2000s. I think it was, uh, I don't remember which teams played right now, but yeah, they played it during the Super Bowl. And that song that was on the record that I promoted made it into a commercial with Levi's that aired during the Super Bowl. So that was amazing. That was a really cool moment.
0: And another uh, testament to how, you know, work that we create doesn't have to live in just one sphere of life, like it can exist mm-hmm. and support so many other.
1: It's not like milk; things. it doesn't have an expiration date. It right. has you can always, always, uh, you know, work. Work can be worked. Our our artistic work has a life, and it doesn't have an expiration date. So, yeah. So I I love that about film, and I love that about theater, and I love that about music that you can definitely explore places to where you can place your work. Yeah.
0: Something else that we love here on Damsels in the DMs is getting into the DMs. So what has been the funniest or wildest or most intriguing or maybe even inspirational uh, DM that you've recently received or ever
1: received? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just, um, I think recently I had a a filmmaker reach out to me. They offered me a role for a movie that, I'm not really sure about because I it's a genre that I have never, ever, ever, uh, participated in or, or, you know, worked with. Um, and I'm not really, you know, too sure that I want to do that. I haven't said no, but I haven't said yes. So I don't know, but, um, there's also, um, artists who want to collaborate like painters and people that want to, uh, you know, they, they want to have their work, you know, shown in different places, or they ask for advice. And I'm always happy to give advice of if I can't, if I can't help them, I, I can definitely find out if who can, you know, yeah. so I like to provide that kind of, of support. I don't really get like, you know, it's actually interesting. I don't, people post weird stuff on my wall in Facebook, more so than like sending me a DM that's, awkward or funny it's just like lately I've, i'm seriously there's some men that wrote down their phone numbers on the wall of my facebook oh my god i mean yeah so Whoa. when are you going to call me like so publicly oh my gosh hell like, oh. <laughs> uh. so i'm like what is going on what is going on <laughs> yeah so things like that are a little bit off you know but no i mean i not nothing to um it's all very uh related to like music or film or 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 um or art um you know art creation things like that but no um yeah nothing too strange other than like i said little weirdos posting on my on my wall other than- <laughs> yeah,
2: <that's funny. laughs> okay so the dm of the week asks what is something that most people would find surprising about yours?"
1: Probably what I mentioned that, that I'm, I'm, I'm Christian and that I am very faithful and very religious when it comes to my spiritual faith, you know, my spiritual practices, I am very, I still believe in Jesus Christ and I am very Christian and I do, um, I I just I am I'm very uh, and it's unusual in Hollywood. A lot of people are very like into esoteric things and I know it and I respect a lot of what friends believe in. And, you know, I I don't proselytize. I just, you know, know what I know. And and it's it's just part of me. But um, yeah, I think that's surprising to some people. Some people don't think that I'm Christian or that I do practice my faith. And I do.
2: Mm, and why why me. is
1: that <laughs> why is that surprising to people? I think because of the nature of the work in Hollywood it's very um you know some people would say very non-christian mm. and and uh and there are you know there's like family theater productions it's a a 75 year old catholic studio actually and i've been i went to their anniversary they invited me and i actually ran into people from my my parish there who Mm -hmm. are actually artists they were reading uh they were doing a like a replay like back in the day when people used to hear they would the radio they would they would have uh they would entertain the public with like kind of like radio plays and they they reenacted something like that on stage at at their seventy fifth anniversary, like they reenacted kind of like kind of like something like Orson Welles would do, you know, and with the with everything with like the special the sound effects oh. everything. everything. It was an amazing, it was something that you would have heard in on the radio in like the 1930s, 40s and 50s. And so they've been around for a long time, but a lot of people don't know that. There are actually organizations that are Christian in Hollywood that produce Christian productions. And I hope eventually to do something like that, actually. I do have a, a story that I would like to see come to life one day. That's beautiful.
2: Cool. Well, mm-hmm. on that note, Lupe, thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, it's been such a joy to talk to you. You are very inspirational to oh, me because just hearing you be so involved in all these facets in your career is just like really amazing. And not only that, you're a single mom and that's just <laughs> insane and amazing and beautiful. So thank you for sharing thank you. that. Thank you for,
1: thank you for, the, time, for having man. me. I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you Alejandro. Thank you Ash.
2: Before we let you go, one more thing. If you could just tell all of our listeners where they could find you, your work, um all your socials, all of that.
1: Okay? So, uh, and on Facebook, it's my name, Lupe Montiel. And on Instagram, I have let's talk about two accounts. So, one of them is called Futuroscope, and that was just because I I had to create something. I got hacked. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have my name, but anyways. But it's Futuroscope USA, and then the second one is Pictures Monarca, which is my film company. And so, those are my two key accounts that um, that are there. So, Futuroscope USA and Pictures Monarca. Thank
0: you thank you, thank you, always amazing seeing you.
1: Thank you, thank you for the opportunity, and I really had a good time talking to you guys.
0: Oh well, let's keep on moving and shaking. Let's just do the damn thing, shall
1: yeah. we? Yeah. <laughs> let's continue with this. Yes, absolutely.
0: What an adventure! What what a life! And I'm I'm so excited for the victories to come. For Lupe. that was so powerful and uh, empowering, and just impactful. My goodness, what what a what an amazing person!
2: Yes, and as always, you guys, we would love to hear from you even your thoughts on this episode, you know, subscribe, rate, review, send us your, your DMs. We love the DM of the week. Honestly, that is one of my favorite things right now, reading your DMs of the week. It's just so fun. Um, but yeah, we're always, our inboxes are always open. So come, come talk to us.
0: Come talk to us. Come sing to us. Come, come read poetry to us. We're always here. Our ears are always open yes. and we're ready. We're waiting. We're listening.
2: <laughs> and this has been another episode of Damsel's in the DMs.
0: Until next time. It's
2: going down in the DMs. Bye. Bye.
0: DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Please. Yeah.
2: It's going down in the DMs. Bye.